Hi, I'm Lauren Finley-Jacob. Hi, I'm Dane Story. And together we co-host the Of Common Clay podcast. I'm a filmmaker, writer, backyard gardener, and permaculture enthusiast. And I'm an ethnobotanist, an herbalist, a women's spirituality scholar, and a proud chicken mom. And together we love talking about all these things and more and finding ways to deepen our connection to the earth, to regenerative ways of healing and tending the land and feeding communities so that together we can live in abundance and uh, of health and excellent food and more fun and more play and creativity in our lives. We're really fascinated with myth and story and the intersections of food, health, wellness, medicine, um, and what these ancient teachings can bring into our future. Thank you very much for being here and welcome again to the Of Common Clay podcast. This is what I see happening in the world now is this othering of a conversation about health that has long existed though, which is why you know, I wish I had taken this up more in filmmaking and just day-to-day -day life and conversations before this moment, but here we are. And so I've always looked at diet and exercise and sleep as the most important things and hydration and water and uh, as the most important things to supporting your health and that, you know, that sickness is also normal and that especially flu-cold-like symptoms, fevers, and... This quote-unquote natural immunity is something people are making up. That, like, what it makes it seem like, okay, no one's born naturally, uh, innately immune to COVID-19. Like, of course you're not. <laughs> According to them, it's new and never existed, so none of us would have been able to be immune to it. Right. That is so... Like, it's just so degrading of what natural immunity actually is. It's a process in your body. And actually what the whole vaccine industry is doing is trying to artificially mimic what the natural immune process in the body is. Trying to. The whole ideology behind vaccinations is built on what we think we know about our body's own way of handling itself in instances of you know, what would you even say? I don't even, <laughs> I was gonna say attack, but I really hate the war-based well, mentality. Infection. infection, right, infection. in our first kind of intro episode or do you want to start talking about natural immunity maybe we can i can are you ready to talk about that today or no yeah yeah i kind of have to pee we can always see how it goes go then okay got it good now get inside 
So should we get into it? <laughs> yeah, we should definitely get into it. I feel like we've been, yeah, like tiptoeing around an actual getting topic. getting deeper into yeah what we actually experience ourselves with health and what our what we think and bringing some other um, so-called experts uh, that that share maybe share our philosophy a little bit into the conversation on health. So yeah, what what do we got? Okay, so you originally posted this post on your stories, a repost. Right. And then I saw it and I got really upset. Yeah. Um, and so for context, the actress, right, Rosario Dawson. Right. She reposted this from someone else. Right. She has a lot of followers, so this thing got a lot of traction. And... Um, we can get into my response of it later, but I thought as a starting point, we could just read the post. Yeah, I, I, I just real quick, like, I came across it because it was getting traction. I forget who, I, I didn't follow the person, Farmer Rishi, I think his Instagram handle is, I didn't follow him at that point in time. Um, so it came into my uh, awareness because some a friend or somebody I follow had had shared it and yeah I had a similar reaction it just kind of um, triggered some some thoughts and feelings in me that um, I uh, I think I probably editorial editorialized my thoughts in the moment but it would be good to kind of reevaluate them um, now and anyway go ahead what read us the posts okay please. yeah I'm gonna read it because I have a lot to say about this topic okay so this post, and no shade to Farmer Rishi, you can right. have your own opinion. We'll get into this. Yeah, we'll, yeah. But I very strongly disagree with him. So here we go. Same. Natural immunity does not exist. This is our clickbaity title. All right. I'm writing this piece because I know many of my followers are vaccine skeptics or anti-vaccine. There is an extremely large overlap between the gardening wellness community and the anti-vaccine community, and I want to address this issue publicly. First, some acknowledgments. Western medicine and the American medical system do not do a great job at keeping people healthy. The American medical system, in many cases, profits off of sick people. Much of Western medicine is actually stolen indigenous medical knowledge. Much of Western medical innovation, in quotations, came through the torture and murder of people of color, especially Black, Latinx, and Jewish people. I also acknowledge many of the people, doctors, nurses, practitioners, in the American medical system genuinely care and do their best to help people heal. Western medicine is really good at emergency medicine, e.g. keeping you from dying because of its roots in war. Western medicine is good at addressing issues with single causes such as bacterial infections and viruses. Vaccines have been really good at preventing millions of early deaths since they began to be widely used in the last several decades. Now back to natural immunity in quotation marks. 
as if it doesn't exist by definition from the, sorry, that was a side note. Let me stick to the real post. Come on, Lauren, okay. <laughs> it's okay. Now back to quote, natural immunity, unquote. No one is born innately immune to COVID-19. Immunity for most infectious disease is inherited or acquired. Some immunity you inherit from your mother's breast. Some immunity you acquire from exposure to virus. Some immunity you acquire from a vaccine. Your mother's breast, a virus, someone sneezes into your face, and vaccines all come from Earth. One is not, quote, more natural, unquote, than the other because nature does not exist. This refers to a previous post. Vaccines just give your body practice with a weakened or toothless opponent before going into battle. Going to battle against an opponent you've never seen before and without practice is generally a silly idea. It is possible for the American medical system to be terrible in many ways and have successfully developed a vaccine that prevents injury and death from the coronavirus. Both things can be true at the same time. It is also possible that foods recommended by quote, natural living, unquote, advocates, such as sauerkraut, kefir, I don't know how to pronounce this, but kvass, 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 I don't know, Um, trace minerals, alkaline water, etc., do boost your immune system. Eat these foods if they feel good for you and get the vaccine. Unless you have a true medical exemption, you can do both, really. And um, I don't think I'm going to read the rest. Do you want me to? It's just stats, which I feel. I mean, we can maybe look at them together or something because, I mean, they're just 2.7 billion COVID vaccines have been administered. They are safe. I got mine in March. I'm not sick or dying. Bill Gates isn't reading my mind, though he can probably read my phone. The American medical system sucks in many ways and needs major reform. Let's do it after we've all received the vaccine. P.S. Vaccines were likely discovered by farmers in India and China as early as the 15th century A.D. This PSA brought to you by someone who wants to hang out with you without a mask on. There's just so much in that post. And, and, and the funny thing about it is the part that gets my, the, that, that it gets me kind of blood boiling a little bit and, and just feels deeply problematic from my perspective of health and just trusting pharma is is the i agree with almost every word of it um except for the headline natural immunity does not exist as like a as a totalizing totalitarian statement of natural immunity does not exist there's no nuance in that headline of this post and um the, the next two slides i think are very illuminating uh, because I think they're largely true, and he's speaking a lot of truth to the the problems with Western medicine, that it's a sick care system, that it, that it um, and these are things that I have pointed out to people frequently, but there seems to be this dead end specifically with vaccines. And if you've been vaccinated your whole life, 
And if you, this is where story comes into it too, if you believe this story that vaccines save lives as just a given, then you're, then you're going to be a person who's predisposed to highly trust these vaccines and somehow take this leap from, yes, big pharma and all the government institutions that are interconnected with them are highly corrupt and problematic and have poisoned people in the past. Um, and their general mode of operation is profit and, and control and perpetuating sickness. There's no like explanation of how you get from there to we should all inject ourselves with this brand new technology. There's just like, I, I mean, is that's where it just always falls apart no matter who you're talking to and no matter who you're listening to, whether you're listening to Dr. Anthony Fauci or Farmer Ricci or, or your local health department or a newscaster, whoever it is, or a celebrity, whoever it is advocating for the vaccine, it always just falls back on these very simple catchphrases, um, this vaccine is safe and effective. I've, I had it a couple months ago and I'm not dead. Like that, that shouldn't be a reason to go tell everybody to get injected with something. Well, yeah, you're not everybody. Right. It's, it's a poor stance and argument. But on that, on that note though, you know, a lot of people are harmed and some people aren't harmed. So, I mean, it's important to hear that both exist. That's not the point we're trying to make here. We're trying to say like, just cause it works for you doesn't mean you should bully other people into your choice because you don't have their body. I also, as the first thing I'll say, um, since you were talking specifically about vaccines in this post, he says vaccines just give your body practice with a weakened or toothless opponent before going into battle. And I think a really important point is maybe that's how people have conceptualized past vaccines have worked. You know, we have this idea that, oh, you just take a vial of a dead or weakened virus, shoot that into your body, and your body reacts to it. That's not true, first of all, because if you just shoot it in your body, your body doesn't do anything. You have to put an immune stimulating compound of some sort into it. That's where the adjuvants come in that irritates your immune system so bad that it provokes a response out of your immune system to then fight or respond to this other thing that's connected to it. We'll save that topic for another day because I would want to do that justice. Yeah, we'll get deep into the history of vaccines because people love to casually mention the history of vaccines working, but don't seem to really have, maybe, they, maybe some have, but most people who go there don't seem to really have followed the actual history of vaccine experimentation in humans and animals. Because it's very appalling when you actually look at the ways they've experimented with vaccines on animals and humans and drawn conclusions that are positive for the vaccinations based on those experiments. Anyway, sorry, so anyways, in, per in relation to this post though, that is a different type of technology that's being used. 
And if you're making a post about a COVID vaccine, that's not what's happening. You're not taking, first of all, there's no dead viruses because all viruses are dead. If we want to get into the semantics, which that might not be, you know, where we want to reside right now, but, but viruses aren't living things. Okay, so from what we even That's know in a biological, like we've, agreed we've agreed upon in standard biology. Okay, so these vaccines aren't putting a virus into your body for you to respond to this virus. It's completely different technology. So throwing this in here is already wrong. I think what people try to... Um, support this moment with is like oh well we've used vaccines forever they're safe this is new this is why a lot of people are really hesitant people that have had every other vaccine that have vaccinated their children with the ridiculous schedule of current vaccines this one is brand new and for some reason they're trying to like minimize that or pretend that that's not real that's real it always gets reflected that they've been researching it for 20 years or something which yeah they failed every time to make a vaccine for humans with this technology the reason it just got rushed into production and mass distribution is because there was this claim that there was no other way to fight this brand new disease and virus so we had to emergency authorize production and then release of these things into the public before any like long term any any sh- any sort of studies were done conducted on human populations for any period of time and yeah, it, it, it always this part is important, I think, because I've had conversations with people who are pro vaccine and pro mandate and pro everybody getting them um, that love to play on this idea that this vaccine can be trusted because it's just trying to do in the body what previous vaccines tried to do in the body it's trying to create this downstream effect of antibodies to fight the virus in your body but the mechanisms for creating it for the ingredients that go into it the kind of very loose knowledge by at least as far as the broader even scientific community but certainly the broader public at large as exactly how are they creating these mrna and dna dna viral vector vaccines in the case of the johnson and johnson one how exactly and that aside i mean that should be red flag number one is just the lack of transparency and the and the short-term testing but it all comes down to, at the end of the day, what your health philosophy is. And if it's rooted in not trusting the pharmaceutical systems as this post starts out, then you should be allowed to also choose not, if that vaccine is right for you, then you take it, go ahead, if, if that settles right for you. But I think you read a part in that post that was like, rec- he recommended some natural remedies. And if it feels good for your body, you should take these things. But there's no mention of that with the vaccine it's just this technology has maybe sort of worked in the past even though like this isn't that at all as we've just gone over uh but you should you should just take this thing because vaccines work is essentially like seems like the the argument that 
keeps getting repeated and is very rooted in this denial of our our body's ability to heal on its own um, and for us to be able to have our own agency in that healing by just taking care of our bodies in, in a very holistic and loving and calm way and, and it's great if you and I and like you pointed out nicely earlier that's not easy for a lot of people so like you know I'm speaking about this from a great pla place of privilege in so many ways just the knowing of that 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 I can overcome the flu or a cold by just resting and fasting and hydrating and meditating on getting better and healing um, my body and trusting my body to know what it needs when it needs it and that soups and broths are very good in the recovery of, of a cold or a flu or an illness and that the relationship and the disconnection we have with this ability of our bodies, that lack of trust in, in ourselves to be able to heal and the lack of trust in the natural world to support our healing. Um, but that, but that tr lack of trust is very, like I understand why people say and feel the way far somebody like Farmer Rishi does because our, our dominant world, even if you are, he, he calls out the farming and wellness community for being typically anti-vaxxers because, because they lean into the first part of your post the part that suggests that colonization and and the destruction of indigenous ways and the co-opting of those by by these very mechanisms that are making this new experimental technology um, are trying to force that their way of being in the world upon all of us and that should that should just be inherently problematic i would think for everybody um you know what, no matter what you feel about health um we should be able to come to a, a, a under, deeper understanding that people should be allowed to have autonomy over their own bodies um, and what goes into them and how they take care of themselves and what kind of community and wellness syst support system they want to build around that. And um, I'm excited to do more of those things with you and talk about more of those things with you on the podcast and, and beyond sorry i kind of went on on and on there but um do you have any other thoughts on the post oh yeah a lot so i think from slide number one i think it's important to start talking about this from like a more meta philosophical perspective because clearly what this individual is trying to do is be part of this debate of nature doesn't exist. Like he has another post talking about how there's no nature, okay? And this is rooted in a perspective that I think can both go ways, go both, that can go both ways. Yeah, <laughs> that can go both ways. So if you're trying to stake a claim that there's no differentiation between us, there's different ways you can say it. This person decides to say, we are one and the same with this phenomenon we call nature, so therefore nature doesn't exist. But another way you can say that same thing is, we are indistinguishable from this thing that we currently call nature. We are nature. 
nature does exist and we are that. And I think that's where most people plant themselves. I think it's like kind of extreme to go the opposite way. But you know, honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, it's still an argument. I think it's really clickbaity myself. Yeah. Um, but I think it's more harmful to say that because what happens when you go that way versus this other way is you separate yourself from what we already preconceive of as the natural world even further. It like diminishes its value even further instead of saying, no, we are part of this thing. And therefore our worth is equivalent, like rivers, rocks, trees, forests, deserts, clouds, rain. We're part of that. And thus it should have the same value we do. But when you say the opposite, nature doesn't exist. It's so, I feel belittling it's to say that like, you know, and on the other hand though, like I agree that everything is part of nature and there's a lot of philosophical thoughts that get into that, you know, that like the sacredness of a garbage can on an urban street is like, it has its own agency and uniqueness and energy as does, you know, a chair, as does a tree, as does a rock, as does on and on and on. Um, which, you know, that, that is not something in this post that I'm disagreeing with. But I think it's important to contextualize it in this way that there's many ways to say that same thing. And this is blatantly wrong. Natural immunity does exist. Yes. <laughs> if you want to bring in this, well, nature's not, not real, so nothing's real, la, 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 la. This is not the time and place for you to start saying natural Fully. immunity does not exist in the same type of reasoning where you're saying vaccine immunity does exist. Right. I think that's the flaw. Well, it's a, you know, the universe is hypocritical and contradictory. And so thus we are as humans. And when we like have, when we do things by, you know, slide posts on Instagram, we're always going to have a, it, it's going to be a place that is just the seed or the spark for ideas and thoughts and conversation. And so I think in recognizing that for whatever you put out there as an individual and then also what we see reflected back from us from people we either deeply agree with or deeply disagree with and on this post like you've there's a lot of common ground between the way I feel we both feel about the world I think and and things he says but the the first slide natural immunity does not exist is piggybacking on another post he made that says nature doesn't exist just you you put it beautifully that the opposite way to look at that is that everything is nature and it is all interconnected and it it does include things humans make vaccines garbage cans roads um you know cell phones you know destructive things um war all the things are part of nature in the sense that if, if you believe that we are nature and nature is us, but to reduce something, 
reduce the entire rot, r natural world to, to non-existence, to zero, I think is what allows for you to claim that vaccines are also nature, which is a contradiction to your whole premise that there is no nature, but yet this is natural. In thinking about a statement like nature does not exist and natural immunity does not exist, it, it opens the door for things that are further away from nature to be accepted as way, ways to progress or to appeal to better health. And there's so many things I think that uh, we do as humans that you could consider part of nature that are actually an antithesis to us existing in a better, more connected, less separate, more um, coexisting world. And uh, for me, it's like really rooted in the story we tell ourselves about humans and about nature and um, that in order to have progress in in our dominant society and culture, um, we have to co-opt nature and we have to compete with one another and we have to compete with the natural world in order to extract more from it for wealth and comfort and safety and security. And I think those posts are really rooted in that story of the world rather than a story of the world that is the antithesis to separating out human beings from one another that that I am deeply connected to you and you to me not just because we're partners but that every human is deeply connected to one another on this very cosmic and spiritual level um, it also on a physical and energy level and in just all of these ways that we are just scratching the surface of understanding and there's a lot of people that are doing really cool work in the science world and philosophy that uh, we we love talking about that we will bring in into this conversation more and the harm really is boiled the harm in those ways of thinking like that allow for us to continuing to think we can just make one more vaccine that actually is not one vaccine, it's a schedule of ongoing vaccines into the future and one more pharmaceutical drug and one more oil drilling and one more war to end all wars and one more moonshot, cure-all, one-size-fits-all way of viewing the world um, that doesn't allow for its beauty and interconnectivity to like really thrive and be seen and, and that that should be a story we try to focus on and, and imagine more for our future that like not only like the idea is that we're all in this together and that everything does have an effect on everything else and it, the more we go into solutions to problems and big problems with war mentality the more we just create more problems and and the separation and the othering of nature from humans allows us to really just go really hard and charge into a vaccine and that's why a lot of people are taking this thing really quickly because we're i think lost in in a story of of isolation and separation and now they've put us into deeper into that story in this time by saying we must isolate and separate from each other and not have direct conversations and not have open dialogue about 
what health means and what all these things mean and what's in the vaccine and what the long-term effects are. And um, I think a post like that um, does great disservice to, it, it, it isn't trying to expand conversation around around these things even though we're now trying to expand the conversation based on reading this post which yeah, i think is a health, which i think is a healthy thing to do but yeah he doesn't seem interested in that himself he he's made a very calculated and clear decision on how he thinks about this yeah, he did. And also, I will call this propaganda because there is a slide that says, and get the vaccine. So that's clearly a really poignant agenda to try to convince somebody on. And it's like, this is what my outcome is for you. So this is what I'm going to argue with up until here. You may have distrust in the Western medical community, but you should still get this vaccine. And if you <laughs> happen to believe natural immunity exists, you're an idiot is what it makes it sound like. So right. before we talk specifically about natural immunity, I just want to make one more point about this idea of like nature not existing because yeah. it's like when you start looking at ecofeminism, there's this whole, you know, subsect of feminism that really looks at this kind of, I guess you would summarize it into like the one main, um, conclusion that binds ecofeminism together is looking at the denigration of nature in the eyes of man and the denigration of women both as subservient subordinate positions as being e equated to each other so nature is less than man man has dominion over nature man is superior to nature man superior to women Women are inferior to man. Man dominates woman. Um, and, you know, whether or not you believe that, go read it yourself. <laughs> go look up, like, Val Plumwood. And, you know, actually, Vandana Shiva is an ecofeminist. So um, there's a lot of brilliant minds within ecofeminism. I personally like it the most because it takes this gender division and kind of, like, intersectionality of, you know, not just gender but bringing kind of like all sorts of oppressions together, but also bringing the non-human into the, to the realm of discussion. Mm -hmm. um, but this dance pretty much feels like almost being like, okay, well, man, nature doesn't exist, so it's man's world, and man makes vaccines, so that's inherently great. And that, for me, really borders this line of that same logic of ecofeminism. Your body's too dumb. We must override it with our big man brains. <laughs> yeah. Is what it really screams like to me. And there is no nuance or subtlety in here because I, I mean, in discussing this post earlier, I, I mentioned this, but I think it's really important. Okay. Just because like gas exists, you don't shove your veins up with that. Like, you don't go and drink fucking 
Freon or like, you know, like there's a lot that exists. There's a lot in the plant world that exists that could kill you. You don't go pick oleander and shove it in your mouth. Like you would die. There are natural toxins all over the place. Look at me, natural toxins. There are just toxins, <laughs> man-made, nature-made, evolved, whatever you want to call it. There's toxins and that's real. Like, we all know that. Humans can die no matter what. doesn't mean, though, that it's going to be okay to shove into your body. He goes on to say it's safe because he personally had no reactions to it. But, like, I think it's important to remember that nature exists. <laughs> and we are part of that. That's my stance. That's, that's what I, I stand by. We are nature. Nature is us. Not the other way around. Not that we're in this black hole oblivion, nothing matters, whatever kind of perspective or mentality. Um, did you have anything else to say? Because I want to start talking about getting into like why natural immunity really does exist and why it's really, really, um, what is the word? Uh... I don't know. Besides harmful, it's a, it's extremely harmful to say that it does not exist. And that's kind of the whole point of this podcast episode is to talk about the kind of like meta story of like, if we don't as a species acknowledge that natural immunity exists, we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it comes to, yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, it, it comes to some of the things we've touched on already. Like if we can't enter, this is what I see happening in the world now is this othering of a conversation about health that has long existed though, which is why, you know, I wish I had taken this up more in filmmaking and just day-to-day -day life and conversations before this moment. But here we are, and it really is like there's a call to people who have experienced these things um, throughout their life, some for less time than others, but now I'm 38, and from day one, my parents have never taken me to a medical doctor when I've got sick, not one time, not for anything. Uh, okay, I take that back. I've I've been to I've been to a medical doctor other than a dentist uh, for sprains and breaks in a finger a couple times, and one time when I was really young, like I had some like mealworms or something like that, and it was like persistent, and we went to the local clinic or whatever, and you know that's the those are like the only times I ever remember going to an allopathic Western medic, like a prescriber of pharmaceuticals doctor. Um, anyway, the point just being that I have, they, they learned a lot about eating and about eating a balanced diet by studying macrobiotics in particular, but other health modalities. My mom was a masseuse for many, many years and, you know, studied a little bit of, you know, Chinese medicine in her um, journey through other like learning about natural healing and the like and they both you know put a lot of things together around the time that I was born and so I've always looked at diet and exercise and sleep as the most important things and hydration and water and 
uh, is the most important things to supporting your health and that, you know, that sickness is also normal and that especially flu cold-like symptoms, fevers and, you know, sore throats and coughs and especially in our world of, you know, of human extraction from the earth, we know these ways of over-extracting oil and gas and adding uh, factory-made chemicals to soil system. We know that these things create poisons in our bodies that lead to um, flus and colds, but what I've learned um, from just living my life, and now I've learned a little more by following people like Dr. Bush and Dr. Cowan and other people that you've referred me to and conversations we've had directly that like the body has this amazing innate ability to repair itself if you are able to find a balance and harmony in your diet and intake and that goes to all sorts of things like who just the people you're surrounding yourself with and what kind of energies you're existing in on a day-to-day basis and um, I think do do you want to jump in and say anything about natural health or um, well, I just natural wanna, immunity in particular? Yeah, I just want to be really clear that natural immunity is a process that happens in your body that is not... Um, it is not eating healthy. It is not inheriting something from your mother when you're born, although that can be an aspect of it, like he claims in this post. Like, this post tries to make it seem like this quote-unquote natural immunity is something people are making up. That, like, what it makes it seem like, okay, no one's born naturally, uh, innately immune to COVID-19. Like, of course you're not. <laughs> According to them, it's new and never existed. So none of us would have been able to be immune to it. Right. That is so, like, it's just so degrading of what, natural immunity actually is it's a process in your body and actually what the whole vaccine industry is doing is trying to artificially mimic what the natural immune process in the body is trying to the way vaccines are made aren't making new things we didn't invent a magical substance that we take in our own minds that make us healthier from these things we do something to initiate a process and manipulate a process that the body naturally does. So first of all, the whole ideology behind vaccinations is built on what we think we know about our body's own way of handling itself in instances of, you know, what would you even say? I don't even. <laughs> I was gonna say attack, but I really hate the war-based well, mentality. Well, infection. Infection, right? Infection. Um, but yeah, your body is like neutralizing things all the time with antibodies. Like, and it doesn't have to just be like a virus, you know. So, um, I just really wanted to. I have some stuff here about that I would really like to talk about. But, you know, even like the WHO talks about natural immunity. They even have a whole document called COVID-19 natural immunity. And so (laughs) to say that natural immunity doesn't exist is not only completely factually wrong, 
it's very harmful because the implications of that statement are huge. If you don't think natural immunity exists and you're going to use that as an argument to propagandize people into taking a vaccine, I think that is like one of the most dangerous positions that we could be in is if they, they being any political health figure, head, any political figure head, any heads of now politically oriented health organizations, um, including all up to like medical curriculum, if you're going to start saying, and they've done things before where they change how things are taught. If you're going to start saying that vaccines are the only way to achieve immunity and that and like a natural immune process doesn't exist, then we're all dead. Like we're just all dead. Like if that is the foundation upon which we're going to start setting the discussion and the parameters upon which other knowledge is then dispersed or obtained or gained, then we're done. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think that is, that is the, that's why I'm so impassioned when talking about these things and talking about the danger of the vaccines, the potential danger of the vaccines even, I will qualify it because we just don't know yet. We know they're dangerous. We know they have immediate and down, downstream negative effects from blood clotting to brain aneurysms uh, to other just respiratory myocarditis <laughs> conditions and death. One. Myocarditis is, is very popu- popular in like terms of, and I say popular because it's, actually being reported on a little bit in mainstream sources as, as a downstream side effect of these vaccines that what, what gets me going nuts and the reductiveness of this post is that I can, you can you can put out there that these things are experimental and 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 the language we use I get how it's triggering to some people but if we can't talk about that this is a this is an experiment going on in real time. If we can't even talk about it from that basic starting place of reality, then, then and you're going to erase natural health as a way to heal from an infection or to heal from really anything it almost seems like now, then, and you're going to, and these stories are being told through the lens of highly vaccinated populations. The West is, is, is pretty vaccinated. So on into the future, they say around 70%, 60 to 70% now in the United States of the adult population is fully vaccinated. If we're going to continue to do this on into the future and natural immunity isn't doesn't exist and so like that is even more and more marginalized in our way of doing things then yeah there's no way of knowing how harmful of a world we might be entering into where ongoing vaccinations that we don't know what they're doing to people um are just going to be our normal way of life going forward and we can't even talk about natural health um, without being highly censored or highly demonized Um, and the thing about natural health is it doesn't coincide it doesn't coincide with and a vaccine 
like like his post tries to um suggest um there's just way too much evidence that these things created by pharma by the pharmaceutical companies create more problems in the body over time that have to be tended to by that same philosophy that is there's a whole subsect of like disease that literally i forget what it's called i read it earlier um it's a subsect of classification of disease that literally is caused by physician doing <laughs> like you the illnesses you develop are only known to be caused by pharmaceutical physician intervention that alone is really freaky <laughs> yeah that it's but, well known that medical error that goes hand in hand with what you're saying right there is one of the leading causes of death in america and in western medicine scenarios but it's also why insurance exists right you know um yes. doctors get sued all the time hospitals get sued all the time that's also another debate people say is like oh these natural health people like they got a uh a suit put against them or something it's like yeah like literally everyone has though yeah <laughs> maybe that's not a good thing to say doctors are gonna write in i haven't had a suit bother against me but it's very common that's why you have to have like malpractice insurance you know right it, it's it like just, a common thing it's just often a a a a thing leveled against a natural health a doctor that favors natural health practices and holistic healing um they love throwing out that they've been sued as a reason to distrust them when yeah. we love throwing out that pfizer pharmaceuticals has been sued so and part of the biggest ever. fraud pay payouts and like it's well like the suits against these small-time doctors are like for like you know them usually something like one instance of or a couple instances of them having a patient get a treatment that is not FDA approved or something like that. Whereas like these big pharmaceutical companies, like their fraud cases are paying off doctors to say certain things, uh, paying off heads of health departments and regulatory bodies. <laughs> You know, whenever you're exposed to advertising in this country, you realize all over again that America's leading industry is still the manufacture, distribution, packaging, and marketing of bullshit. <laughs> High-quality bullshit, world-class designer bullshit, to be sure. Hospital-tested, clinically proven bullshit. <laughs> But bullshit nonetheless. And this review, which was by a number of Harvard researchers, reveals a shift towards the FDA's use of, quote, less data to approve drugs and an escalating reliance on pharmaceutical industry payments to actually cover FDA salaries. Now, when it comes to an organization like the CDC, we have the example of Julie Gerberding, who was CDC director from 2002 to 2009 and then went on to become the head of Merck vaccines. Is it common for CDC and FDA employees to use this kind of revolving door? Well, there are many, you know, there are revolving door problems with all of our federal agencies and, and all of our state agencies. There's a phenomena that is very well documented called agency capture. CDC is actually a vaccine company. CDC has a total budget of about $11 billion a year. 
it spends five billion of that buying vaccines from those four companies at making sweetheart deals. Joining me now to discuss uh, the big picture here, the United States Secretary of Health and Human Services, Alex Azar. Uh, Mr. Azar, thanks so much for joining this morning. Glad to be with you, Jim. Thanks for having me. If honesty were suddenly introduced into politics, it would throw everything off. The whole system would collapse. And I think deep down the American people know that. The American people like their bullshit out front, where they can get a good, strong whiff of it. Now, thanks to Operation Warp Speed under the president, thanks to remdesivir, steroids, convalescent plasma, better treatment protocols, that has been reduced to well under 10%. And we literally are weeks to months away from next generation monoclonal antibody therapies that'll treat and prevent disease and vaccines that'll eventually get us out of this. This is a short informational video put out by a third-party watchdog group in May of 2020, just as the pandemic story was unfolding. Two months ago, the Trump administration announced Operation Warp Speed, or OWS, to accelerate the development of COVID-19 vaccines and treatments. However, since its creation, OWS has funneled billions of taxpayer dollars into drug companies without transparency. The Trump administration has filled key positions with big pharma executives and lobbyists like former Eli Lilly president and current HHS secretary Alex Azar. The Trump administration tapped former drug company executive Dr. Monsef Slaoui to be the program's top scientist. Dr. Slaoui has extensive ties to big pharma and was on the board of Moderna, a company recently selected as a vaccine finalist. We know how that played out. Dr. Slaoui and other OWS leaders were exempted from standard transparency and conflict of interest rules. At the time he was appointed, Dr. Slaoui held 155,000 shares in Moderna worth over $10 million. At the time he was appointed, a company, Moderna, that had never made a product before. Moderna received $955 million in federal funding to develop a COVID-19 vaccine and its executives have been cashing in on millions of dollars in stock since it was selected. Not just the news media, let's include them all. The media are almost literally exploding with bullshit because they're located right at the crossroads of all the other bullshit. The media are made up of equal parts, advertising, politics, business, public relations, and show business. These people are sitting right at Bullshit Junction. <sighs> it's like you kind of need a whole course to talk about this stuff. I'm not even kidding. Because when you start getting into natural immunity, it's like there's the innate immune system and the adaptive immune system. There's like the first line defenses and then there's like the reactionary defenses. But like your immune system begins kind of like in your mucous membranes across your whole body. In fact, that's where it's interesting when you start looking at microbiome research too because your mucus can actually host a ton of microorganisms. So when we're talking about, you know, microbiome health, including gut health, but that starts in our nose, 
um, that whole tract, like nose to mouth to then throat to digestion all the way down to your gut, our mucous membranes are like often completely overlooked, but very vital in the health of our bodies. And I think to have properly functioning mucous membranes, you also need to be a moist, hydrated individual. And we severely lack that. Like most humans are chronically dehydrated. And so that alone is like, I mean, one whole, just one tiny aspect of what the natural immune system is in kind of like innate versus um, uh, adaptive immunity. But then within this, you have kind of like active and passive immunity. So like within natural immunity, there's like passive immunity where you're getting things like as an infant through your mother's breast milk or um, through her microbiome transfer. But then there's also active immunity, which is like an active body response. So there's different ways that the immune system's classified. But the fact that it exists is not false or magical thinking. Like it's very well documented. Like Google right now, or don't Google, we don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> internet search, internet search right now. Um, <laughs> I forget what I was going to say. Oh, well, you can internet search um, the WHO, the World Health Organization, and natural immunity. Like, it exists right now. Like, I have a document even titled COVID-19 Natural Immunity. Within four weeks following infection, 90 to 99% of individuals infected with the SARS-CoV-2 virus develop detectable neutralizing antibodies. And I think when that is like <laughs> what is actually relevant and published in the world to have a post saying that natural immunity doesn't exist go get vaccinated is so irresponsible i can't even handle it <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it's like if you want to say follow the science you know those people follow right. the science okay like let's not pretend natural immunity doesn't, doesn't exist. exist yeah it's it's interesting how how the conversation just gets gets co-opted by by a very selective way of thinking about things that are very complex and, and nuanced. Like when you start talking about, um, you know, the way the microbiome is affected through our nasal passages as the first like line of that, it, it, it gets in all sorts of things that overlap between what is often like referred to as like a debate between germ theory and terrain theory which i've posted lots about on social media and we'll talk about more and i think that is really the central conversation around what natural immunity is or isn't and whether or not we need any pharmaceutical interventions ever or maybe just some or can we lean much more towards this is where the germ theory and the terrain theory overlap breathing air in the in diverse natural environments is thought of as a terrain theory kind of 101 you know gold star for human health is like getting diverse air microbiome into your system getting into bodies of water, uh, the ocean and natural lakes that are flowing and 
have energy and are clean, um, these things are supportive of our natural immune systems because they are direct engagements with the complex natural world and the the microbiomes that we all live and breathe within. And this is where like, you know, they say like, you're more likely to get sick indoors. Well, yeah, you are more likely to get sick if you spend long hours of time indoors and masked and in a in an artificial um, air conditioned system um, without sunlight, uh, sunlight being another key to, you know, boosting your immune system. Because like you were pointing out to me earlier, like there's not a lot of foods high in vitamin D, especially ones we eat on a regular basis as humans. And so the sunlight is where we get that from. Well, and there's a huge correlation and well-documented that people have looked at, doctors have looked at, not people, but doctors have looked at with vitamin D deficiencies and vitamin C, but vitamin D deficiencies strongly linked to poor COVID outcomes. And it makes sense. Vitamin D is super important for many of our body's processes. And when you take a more um, <laughs> natural, <laughs> realistic approach to health, it most illnesses come from being dehydrated and being nutritionally void of certain things, you know? Um, that, yeah, we can talk more about that, I guess. But, like, I think we underestimate even what, like, breathing well does in our entire bodies. Um, and more and more we're creating societies where we don't have the time or space to even sit and breathe well. Like, I mean, we're sitting too long, we're stagnant, you know, we, this is not an episode on how to be healthy in times of COVID per se, so we don't need to get into that. But um, I also, because we're saying natural immunity so much, just want to mention, people might love or hate this, but there was something published in Science this online magazine um, that cites to this, like, I, it's a published study, like, observational study, but it has not been peer-reviewed, so I'm sure pe some people are, like, really upset about that, that, like, you would be putting this out there, but what's peer-reviewed these days? Everything's coming out like crazy. So, um, Looking at an Israel population of individuals that have had, so they usually call it like COVID naive, so like, <laughs> which is confusing, but it's like, so people who have never had contact with the virus, okay? Okay. Um, they looked at people who never had contact, then were infected and had only natural immunity response because it's a real thing. Um, or were never in contact with the virus and then had a vaccine and looked at over time like what their health outcomes were with like re-hospital or like hospitalizations and then reinfection rates and um, the consensus was basically that like probably you know they argue because vaccine immunity has a tapering off point which is why you need things like booster shots and will indefinitely probably need booster shots you as a naturally immune person will create antibodies for i mean with certain things it's lifelong 
there we haven't lived a lifetime of covid so no one can scientifically validate that but every length of time that they've looked at these studies they've continued to find natural immune body responses and antibody production throughout the remainders of whatever studies they are. So if it's an eight month study, they last eight months. If it's longer than eight months, they last longer than eight months. And so when you're looking at, it's like always a risk to reward thing, right? That's what this main dominant discussion is. It's like, okay, well, if you're in a category or group where there's relatively low risk and you consider yourself a healthy individual, Natural immunity sounds pretty freaking sweet to me. If you're old or whatever and you've used pharmaceuticals your whole life and you have no like, you know, ability to change your habits, no want to change your habits, even though you're going to have to anyways, because you're going to have to wear a mask for the rest of your life or whatever, you know, um, then maybe you take a vaccine. Like, I don't think anyone should be telling anybody else what to do. What is what it comes down to. I don't even want to even tell other people to not take a vaccine. I'm just saying I have been following these numbers from the very beginning and I am very concerned that there has been no room for natural health to exist in this conversation. And I do herbalism. I practice herbalism. I have friends. Luckily for me, a lot of my herbalist friends of many different herbal lineages are like are standing strong in the totality of their health practices. But there's been a lot of individuals within different alternative health practices that have completely thrown their ideologies out the window. They're like, yes, get vaccinated. Don't do any of this other stuff. Or they're also saying, yes, get vaccinated and do this to boost your immunity. But there's a lot of people that won't go into that universal assimilative view of this is the only way a body can survive this. Um, and then final point is just, there's been a lot of individuals like clearly saying, you know, from, from doctor communities saying that there could be huge health risks for people that have had a COVID bout, have had some sort of body response with measurable antibody production and then to get a vaccine on top of that could be really harmful for them it would provide no benefit to their body it would only provide the risks associated with vaccination so that's a huge topic that i mean people that i follow in social circles online that i'm a part of and natural health are talking about but like i don't think the dominant narrative is allowing that conversation to be had either even though people are winning court cases right <laughs> um suing because they've had natural immunity to be mm. exempt from the mandate so that's been happening in the news <laughs> What that story illuminates for me, because I actually, I think we actually, maybe this is where we actually diverge a little bit from what even we think about COVID-19 mm -hmm. and the whole, and the whole story, which I think is good, which is why I'm excited to continue talking about this subject with you and bringing in all these different perspectives, which I think at a base level is the important thing. And, and that's what sent so many red flags and alarms off in my head right away is like there weren't allowed to be nuanced conversations even within 
people who agreed that we must lock down and wear masks and take things super seriously as precautionary measures, even though we don't, we haven't really studied this new virus and new disease yet because it's new. Uh, we must do all these things. Um, so said a lot of people, but there seemed to be very little room for nuance even within that belief system and the things you're bringing up like the CDC's own page on COVID-19 and natural immunity suggests that the, the science behind what virologists and epidemiologists think about COVID-19 itself is that it, if you've had it or had any contact with it, which is most people in the United States, if you believe the dominant COVID-19 narrative, you're going to have natural immunity or antibodies to this virus and there's published scientific studies and prominent journals that suggest that having the like you're just saying that having the vaccine is more dangerous to those can be more dangerous at least there's evidence that it can be more dangerous to those individuals i depart from all of that though and you know because i was raised my whole life to believe that we don't catch colds or flus um, which are also thought of as viral infections in the dominant allopathic medical pharmaceutical vaccinology world uh, we don't catch them from human to human contact we create them in our own bodies and there's all sorts of well published science and natural health research and the like around the different ways um, these illnesses manifest in our bodies through poor food and environmental and lack of sleep and stressful work environments and society at large and all these things uh, that come into play and with COVID-19 I, I, I tend I, I am in a very <laughs> unique uh, sub group of people but I, but there are doctors and researchers and scientists that also are asking these very skeptical but i think important questions about why we assign why we consider viral infections real in the way that we do in our dominant world why have we accepted that there is one virus that is causing this one disease when even the dominant narrative has never pretended that there's only one virus there's from the get and we're now calling them mutations and variations but SARS-CoV-2 is merely but a mutation or variation of SARS and MERS and the thousands tens of thousands now of recorded different viral genomes for this one virus so if it doesn't have just one common origin that even in the dominant conversation isn't agreed upon uh did it come from lab um what do they call that um gain of function gain of function research did it was it one way or another we know the story began at this coronavirus wuhan research lab and when i realized that the laboratory was having the same name First name and last name <laughs> of the evil that had been plaguing us. I thought to myself, that's <laughs> up. And then they asked the scientists, they're like, how did this? So wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan 
respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. That was dedicated to studying uh, coronaviruses and their mutations in the wild and in laboratory settings. And we know that this lab has like, you know, worked on sequencing the SARS-CoV-2 genome. And it's out of that lab that they developed the initial assay for the PCR test. So to me, it's not believe, I don't believe that we humans have ever proven that a single virus causes a disease and that it passes from human to human and then causes illness in other people. I think that story falls, we'll get into that in future podcasts, but I think that story falls apart really quickly and I've witnessed it in real time conversations asking people to explain to me why they think or believe this is true. And um, so to me, it's not about whether or not it came out of a lab or they just did some experiments in that lab with samples from people in Wuhan and it actually came from nature from a wet market but we're actually not sure if it came from that wet market or where it for sure who was actually a patient zero but in the dominant scientific narrative of viruses these things are all important questions that have yet to be answered and and so that's where I think like we that's why I want to you know, explore some of these things in, in our podcast, but I hope we get into much deeper conversations about health and the future of humanity and our stories at large as well. But but right now, this story is controlling so much of what we think, including having people present things that I think are that we both th- agree though are very harmful, which is that the natural world is somehow a fiction and that natural immunity is is somehow it, it needs to, almost like the argument seems to be that it almost needs to be erased so that we can accept these experimental saviors on into the future because that's the only better way um and that just creates all sorts of problems with you know what we might allow to be mandated and forced to be put into our body as, as a means of safety and health and, and control. I hope I kind of said that okay, because I do know that I have a very different perspective on infection and viral illness and, and, and the lack of, the lack of a observable story that makes sense to me anyway, as how we've come up with as how we've concluded that viruses, and in this case, one virus is, is causing this global pandemic, um, it falls apart real quick. Anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sure our health perspectives will be more known the more we chat. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else about natural immunity you want to mention? as a process? Yeah, just, just, I'll try to be real quick. Just that I think like this conversation has sparked a lot of things for a lot of people and um, that I think it's just good that we talk about the body's ability to heal and death in general and illness and normalize that getting sick is okay and it shouldn't be this 
thing to fear. Uh, we, COVID has turned like normal flu and cold symptoms and, and lots of people's perception of them um, into this thing like that might lead to your immediate demise and like you should be very afraid. Um, it, it's just a story that sounds very dangerous to me going forward. Um, creates a lot of division and isolation and um, anxiety rather than like what I think we need to be happy and healthy and natural immunity comes from our like the human experience of coexisting and coming together in actual live events that um, that we've kind of minimized um, in the last year and a half and I fear that um, we will continue to divide and isolate and fear each other if we don't open up our minds and hearts to com talk about like what we want to see in the world in the future and, and natural health and access to health and care are, are important things I think to me and so that's going to be a big focus of what we talk about. Anything more you want to share? Natural immunity or? There's one part of that post that he talks about, like how Western medicine rips off indigenous ideas, which is so true. In ethnobotany, one of the prominent jobs is called ethnopharmacology, where they literally want to ship you out to indigenous peoples and steal their medicine. <laughs> so that's very real. And pharmacology was born out of creating synthetic components, compounds. Um, that were of traditional plants for a long time. This isn't natural immunity. This is natural health discussion. But um, in here, this post, sorry, okay. can't log in. They talk about how vaccines were likely discovered by farmers in India and China as early as the 15th century AD. And I want to... Um, just mention, I don't know what that is specifically referring to, but there are all of these wise folk remedies and ways of dealing with illness that have kept populations of humans alive for a really long time. And that did not just happen because of a vaccine that was created. Um, and also, it's like things that we think of as like, oh, modern Western medicine like made this thing, like penicillin, for example. Like, that was an old wise woman deal of how to heal people for a long time, which was like, you know, put a piece of moldy bread on a wound and it won't get infected because the penicillin's the mold on the bread. And, and that has to deal very acutely with cuts, scrapes, and stuff like that. Um, there are so many beautiful ways of reconnecting with that line of thought. And... Um, the reason a lot of this medicine has kind of exploded in the way that it does is because of its scalability and mass way of um, making it, you know? And so for penicillin, for example, it's like because it was wartime and they needed to like treat all of these wounds all at once to be able to manufacture in mass this thing, rather than in the average home, the average household, being able to slab a moldy bread on your leg. Like, 
scale and context is really important in like kind of these discussions, but that doesn't make a piece of moldy bread any less potent <laughs> in certain circumstances. And I think that's kind of a little anecdote I'd just like to throw in there is like in kind of today's day and age, if you were raised in the Western medical institution or with over-the-counter pharmaceutical things, then you might not even have ever realized that there's actually like a plant-based alternative that works way better than the thing that you've been taking your whole life because you've never stepped into that world. And so, um, you know, it's like, and then the other thing is just like, you know, there are so many things I think we don't understand and there are things that I understand only because of specific lineages of thought, you know, like how we perceive the immune system to work. There's other things that I understand from experiential knowledge. And then, you know, there's other things that I understand because I'm taking my own best guess based on everything that I've read and synthesized and my experiential knowledge. And for me, that ends up being my own unique view and philosophy on health. So I think you and I both have unique philosophies on health. It'll be fun to dive more into those and um, really explore not the natural immunity process in the body per se, although maybe we should put something out online really outlining what that process looks like in a detailed way that's yeah. not just in a conversation and um, put some links up for people to check that out too because if you want to know how your body actually works, I think it's kind of empowering. Um, but yeah, just um, I'm excited to do a few more posts. I mean, a few more sessions, podcasts, episodes on. Yeah, me too. Yeah. On all things health and bringing us together, bringing us back to the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Of common clay. Yeah. I, you just inspired, like, I, I just think that we're called to do this right now for lots of reasons that we've kind of put out there. And um, a big thing for me is to really focus on story and storytelling and how that has inspired me. Um, and you know, how stories really do affect the way we perceive reality in the real world. And that like, uh, we, we, we did a heavy amount of like, kind of criticizing this post in a way, but I just also want to make sure that, um, you know, I think it's important, really important right now, more than ever to really speak the, the world we want to see into existence and so finding ways to focus on stories and practices and learning teachings from different people like you just described all the ways like you've assimilated your 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 viewpoint on the world and bouncing those things off of each other in this format will be fun and bringing in other perspectives and maybe having uh, guests who share our perspectives in some ways but also like have nuanced different ways of thinking about the world and and that through these conversations we can sort of imagine a world where more people have really powerful access to healing food land 
air, water, and just communal support to to achieve those things, and that uh, we can we can normalize all these things as ways of being healthy and promoting natural immunity, um, meditation and breathing and just having fun and encouraging play. And that's all I got. <laughs> um, I just would like to note that the post Rosario Dawson posted was taken down. So if anyone tries to look for it, that one was removed. Um, and then a lot of like over-counter medications that people use for things like even cold and flu to just suppress it. It's really put us in a place where people have lost this lineage of knowing how to even, you know, encourage the body to sweat, to assist a fever, not suppress a fever, to, you know, coat and support your mucus lining so your cough is productive instead of like lingering for months at a time. Like there's all these really simple home remedy, folk remedy things that um, up until very recently, sometimes, sometimes it carries on, you know, your parents might know these things, they might not. Your grandparents might know these things, they might not. Um, and then from there, but um, I think, like learning and empowering yourself this knowledge is out there this is the thing that's really interesting and also frustrating is like it's not lost knowledge it's there somewhere certain things may have been lost but depending on how you believe knowledge can be accessed or gained um it's it's available you know and people are more than willing to share plant remedies like it brings people joy um has been my experience People of all places and times and, you know, shapes and sizes and colors and thoughts and ideologies. There's something about the deep connection that people have with plants that make you want to love them and share them with other people. And the same thing goes with those remedies. It's like a way of caring for others is how you care for yourself in some instances. So, um these are things that can be reclaimed and that can be, we can we can use them. We can use natural remedies to support ourselves on a daily basis, on an acute crisis basis, and onward. Um, and there are some really brilliant people already coming up with great protocols. Um, my, one of my friends who studies Chinese medicine likes to say, you know, Chinese medicine survived like probably like, I don't know, hundreds or thousands of pandemics, you know, because they're not obsessed with what's happening they're they're looking qualitatively at the energies of the body and treating each thing as it comes in that unique person at that unique time and and being fully present with everyone not like putting everyone into one tiny box and saying this is the thing and how it's going to present in everybody and you know whatever it'll be very different time-wise sensitivity-wise all these things per person no matter what it is no matter what the reason you know like whether it's a virus or a toxin or whatever you want to call it semantically or your microbiome's out of balance or, you know, like learning how the body stays in homeostasis, how the body communicates um, and how energy kind of moves in the body are, um, I think, I think very well known and very well documented that has a history of thousands of years of use behind it 
the exact plants might be different depending on what region you were born in, but all human bodies act the same. And a lot of plants have similar uses across the globe for different issues and ailments. Like plants are not only this one plant in this one part of the world will heal this one thing. That's just not how plants work. There's often a huge overlap of different plants and uses of plants. And humans have used plants for millennia and those plants have been migrated and traded and dug up and transported and brought to new homes. Like plants are this thing that are not just food or medicine, but they're a sense of security and comfort and it's really a sense of relationship we have with these plants. It's like almost instantaneous. If you go to a landscape and see plants you're familiar with, if you're the type of person who takes notice, you know, in modern society, many people haven't been raised to appreciate plants. So they have what they call like, uh, they call it, you know, kind of like the green blur or something where you just like look at a forest and can't tell what anything is. Um, but a lot of people are not like that. When you have a deep affinity to plants, it's like when you see one, you'll feel it in your body, you know, like you'll see a rose and remember, oh man, that reminds me of my grandmother, my grandmother's garden, my, the smell of it, the, what she used to do with it, all of that stuff. It's deeply personal to us in the same way that food is, in the same way that medicine is. And I think when we talk about care also, because we were talking a lot about natural immunity, natural immunity, natural health, natural health. But what you and I care about really is like care-centered communities because it implies this insertion of relationship. It's like whether it's relationship for caring over land or relationship of caring over each other as humans or human to non-human animal um, or human to plant, like that that is kind of the epitome of um, of what the future of what health is, we believe should look like, is really care-centered. But plants are, you can't take plants out of that. I could see pharmaceuticals going away forever, but you can never take plants out of that. Like we're 100% completely dependent on plants. We just are. It's what we eat. It's what we heal with it's what we build with it's like it's so much of the whole world around us so um i um hope we can bring more plant love and life into this discussion and with that note peace out sponsor us if you want <laughs> <laughs> good one <laughs> all right is that it think so i think i've hit my max okay. in this chair all right let's call it a day then <laughs> should we do a mugs cheers for like b-roll sure <laughs> okay hey dane where can the people find us on the internet you can find us on Instagram or YouTube at Of Common Clay. And if you feel so inclined, you can support us on our Patreon page, also Of Common Clay. This podcast was recorded on illegally occupied Kanaka Maoli land, otherwise known as Kailua, Oahu.